Hello everyone, welcome to a special edition of the Cold Chain Podcast. My name is Shane Brennan and this podcast is for anybody interested in the temperature controlled storage and distribution sector in the UK. It's a special short edition of the podcast in which I'm bringing to you the speech given by Tim Moran, Regional Vice President of Linear Logistics in the UK, on his re-election as President of the Cold Chain Federation. Tim um, was elected, nominated by the board and elected by the annual general meeting to serve for a third term as president um, this time. I'm really delighted. Tim Moran has been the president through the journey that we've been on as an organisation. He uh, has been incredibly supportive of our move from being the Food Storage Distribution Federation to being the Cold Chain Federation and helped me at every stage as we've looked to transform our organisation and make it more relevant and helped me through all the stages of working and leadership on Brexit and on COVID. In this presentation, in his speech, he talks a bit about why he does the job, but also he sets out some of the key challenges that we face in our industry, both immediately right now and in the future. So please listen in. It's only about 10 minutes long. And remember, the Cold Chain Federation continues to provide you with advice, representation, and events and networking opportunities by the industry, for the industry. We're really excited about the year ahead, our chance to bring our members together, not just in the virtual forums we've created over the last 18 months, but face-to-face starting this autumn. If you want to find out more about the Cold Chain Federation, our membership and our programme, please check out our website, www.coldchainfederation.org.uk. Now over to Tim. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, 2021 annual general, me- general, annual general meeting. Yeah, it's my honour and pleasure to have been elected for a third term of president of this federation. So I thank you all for for your support uh, and your confidence, but not just in myself, but also in the Cold Chain Federation as a as a whole, it's, uh, in, it's truly a pleasure. Um, so as we know, it's unusual for a president to serve three terms. Um, and of course, um, Shane's now circulated and socialized this Putin term as it's now, uh, as it's now called. Um, I, I can promise you I've not been building any special uh, castles anywhere or, or siphoning any funds off the Federation in any way, shape or form, and that's not why I wanted a third term, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, however, I can I can assure you, unlike post-Soviet Russia, uh, there's been no coercion to, to do this. It's just an honest desire from me to continue in this role that I, I, I do truly enjoy, uh, you know, and, and supporting the project of the, the Cold Chain Federation and its uh, and, it, and it's transformation, and it's something I'm, I'm, I'm exceptionally proud of. Um, I'm delighted that this time I'm, I'm joined by Andrew. Andrew, thank you uh, as vice president. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a solo career up to now, but but it's nice now to have a wingman. So you know, uh, Andrew's now now goose. I think we're going to call Andrew <laughs> from, from now on. In a pure Top Gear, no, Top Gear, Top Gun type of uh, type of arrangement. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's great. I really look forward to, to working with you and uh, getting your support and help as, as well as the Federation. Uh, they're really looking forward to that support and help as well. So, it's a real dream we thing. Just, uh, virtual AGM. Uh, we were in the early stages of a global pandemic. I'm sure most of us will remember those weeks in March and April of 2020 uh, and for many years to, to come. Um, it will be embedded in our minds and I'll certainly remember it. In logistics, we're used to crisis and pressure. Uh, but even the most of experienced of us, you know, COVID-19 was something new, something that we'd never experienced before. Um, and what we achieved is something to be truly proud of. We did it because of our people, our colleagues showed up for work, teams, customers and competitors came together and we got the job done. I'm proud of what we achieved. 
but I'm also proud of what the Cold Chain Federation um, played uh, in its role, uh, supporting the industry in a time of crisis, um, and it's a, a unique and vital role that trade associations play. I hope that now we're emerging from COVID-19, but there's big challenges out there. Um, it's going to be a difficult few few months. You know, finding labour is is the need, uh, and it's going to be the main challenge, especially amongst drivers, but also within our warehouses. The reality is that lots of people's lives have changed in the past 18 months. Some have left the country, others have changed jobs, and there's also IR35 tax changes that change the dynamics and the costs of agency and subcontractor capability and capacity that we all rely on to some extent. It's going to test their skills, it's going to test the strength of the relationships we've built with our employees and our customers through the recent months. And I fear that there's no obvious things that the government can do to solve this problem either, not in the short term at least. The CCF will press for continued common sense extensions, things like CPC renewals, speeding up driver testing and extending medicals. But these are only marginal problems, are all marginal problems. In the longer term, we must find ways to make logistics careers more attractive, preventing the leakage of skills and experience where we can, whilst training up a new generation. On issues like the labour shortage, our voice is one of many. However, it's on these issues where we're the sole or leading voice, where we have really come into our own. There's no, uh, there is no more immediate or cold chain specific issue than the regulation and taxation of refrigerated transport. The impact of red diesel rules changes in 11 months time, and this will be significant for all of us. We accept the future of transportation refrigeration is away from the use of fossil fuels. We welcome the innovation that is here and which is coming in transport refrigeration units. But there are reasons to be optimistic about the transition to greener alternatives in the medium term. But there is an unnecessary short-term shock coming and we will hold government to account for this. Still unfulfilled promises to the industry which the cost of transition, whether it be the research and testing of new equipment, the cost of scrappage and buying new kit or the cost of infrastructure support, electrification or alternative fuels. Of course, changes to taxation and regulation of vehicle refrigeration are only a small part of a much bigger picture. It's easy to see climate change policy as tomorrow's threat. For sure, net zero carbon emissions by 2050 feels a long way from relevance, relevance to our businesses, trying to emerge from a global pandemic. However, we cannot afford to think that way. And the evidence about how climate change policy is going to affect us in the near future is mounting all the time. The commitment to end the sale of diesel and petrol cars by 2030 is one example of a policy that makes the scale of change come to feel much more real. The reality is that most people have bought or are about to buy their last car with a fossil fuel powered engine. The pressure for an equivalent deadline to the sale of fossil fuel HGVs is well advanced and it will not be long before we are placing our last orders for diesel powered heavy goods vehicles. And it's not just vehicles, of course. Our warehouses are increasingly in the regulator's focus. We're all familiar with the idea of energy efficiency targets for our cold stores. The climate change agreement scheme has been the centrepiece of our Federation's membership offer for more than 20 years. And we're proud of that. As a collective, we have met every target put before us. 
and I'm delighted to reveal that we've done so again, uh, meeting our latest target. Over the 10 years to end 2020, government asked us to improve our efficiency by 11%, and we delivered 17%. The scheme is a real success story, and we're pleased to see the decision to extend the current phase of the scheme from its scheduled end in 2023 to now 2025. But we've almost have our eyes open to the fact that the bar is set by schemes like this and it's only going to get a lot higher and the penalties for not meeting them are going to get tougher. We have a major job to do to convince government that our climate change agreement scheme should continue beyond 2025. We're confident that we have a strong case but also realistic that any new scheme will probably not be as generous or as straightforward as the one that went before. Even if it does continue, it's likely to be the only policy or taxation, it's unlikely to be the only policy or taxation change that will affect us all. Hidden away in the recent budget, as a new policy idea to force industrial building owners to go much further in declaring their energy use uh, than anything we have seen in a CCA scheme. All the corporate reporting requirements. I think we have reason to fear and resist of some of the impulses behind the idea of government forcing businesses to declare what energy they consume at a facility level. There are big threats in this, to this in innovation and competition across the cold chain from a scheme like that. However, whilst we might argue about the details, the direction of travel it shows is clear, and the smart ones amongst us will embrace and own that challenge. Not at least because just government will be pushing us in this direction, it's already clear that it's the strongest push that's going to come from our customers. Most of the major retail and food manufacturers have made some form of major commitment to reduce not just their direct carbon impacts, but those from across their supply chains. Having a positive carbon story and being able to prove it is a core part of our competitiveness. So, as we make decisions today about the facilities we build and the technology we deploy and the way we train our teams, we must have this in mind. We have big challenges ahead, and this is why I'm pleased that we have the Cold Chain Federation to be our voice and our forum to meet these challenges head on. It's easy to forget that the CCF is not yet two years old. We launched in June 2019, and in that time, we've achieved a huge amount. Shane and the team have overhauled everything about our organisation. Our lobbying voice is more powerful than it's ever been. Our media profile has grown exponentially. We've occupied a seat at the top table on food and logistics issues throughout Brexit and COVID, and we're better placed than ever to lead on these challenges that come. Our advisory output is transformed. Our cold chain compliance programme is practical, relevant, responsive asset for businesses of all sizes. And I know it's only going to get better when we publish our new food safety guide this summer. Our virtual events programme has been a major success. While we can't wait for the return of face-to-face -face meetings, hopefully starting this July, we are clear that the advantages and efficiencies of virtual meetings will remain and will continue the momentum in the short, sharp, insightful events that we've deployed well beyond the end of lockdown. Above all else, we've grown. We've seen our membership grow by more than 20% in the period since we launched the new brand. A number of quality new members is the real vindication of the strategy that we came together and agreed on two years ago. The year ahead is an important one for the Federation. As we come to the end of our initial transformation strategy this year, it'll be time to reflect on what we've achieved and set out 
um, course for the next and set our course for the next phase. For a reminder this year, myself, Andrew, Shane, and the rest of the board will be seeking your views and experience of the Federation and how we can take it forward. And I look forward to talking to you more in the months ahead. In the meantime, all I can say is I'll thank you once again for your support. I'm incredibly proud of our industry. I'm incredibly proud of our Federation. And I look forward to meeting all the challenges ahead uh, together. Thank you all. That's me. Good night. So there you have the 2021 address from the president of the Coltrane Federation. I hope you agree with me that it's important words that deserve a wider audience. I'm truly honoured to be working alongside Tim um, in his role as president of the Coltrane Federation. You know, lineage logistics is a global phenomenon of a business and the amount of growth and opportunity that he has in, day, in his day job within the UK, the fact that he gives up his time to also help them lead the Federation is a real credit to him and we're incredibly grateful to him for it. We're also delighted to have um, seen the election of Andrew Baldwin, Managing Director of the Coastal Wish Division at Reed Bordal to the position of Vice President and in due course likely to succeed from Tim um, into the Presidency, another great leader with huge experience of everything to do with cold chain that I'm delighted to be working alongside. Thank you to Tim, thank you to Andrew, thank you to the board. As I said at the outset, the Cold Chain Federation is here with your organisation, our events, our voice, our advice from the Cold Chain members for the benefit of the Cold Chain and we look forward to working with you in the future. Thanks for your support and we look forward to seeing you soon.